Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you this morning for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing already. Already. Matter of fact, Lord, you started before we ever got here. Hallelujah. You are God and there is no other. We worship you. We magnify your name, Lord God. Let faith arise in this place as we worship, as we magnify your name. We know, God, that you are working already on our behalf. No matter what it looks like, what we feel like, what we see with our eyes, you're already at work. We trust you in that. That is the faith that we use when we stand. And we thank you for it in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I just pray not one person today would leave the same way they came, but God, everyone would have a touch, an understanding, a revelation, Lord God, that you would stir the gifts of God on the inside of them, stir the Holy Ghost on the inside of them, build their faith today, Lord God, mountain-moving faith, build it, Lord God. Do only what you can do, Father. We. We love you in this place and we worship you. We pray for, Lord God, the nations. We pray for our city. We pray for our families, Lord God. We expect, Lord, for you to move according to your word. And, Lord God, we accept that which has already been set forth in your word. And we determined to stand uh, having done all to do we we're determined to stand no matter what and we thank you for it father so we pray uh, for the this nation we pray for our our children lord god we just pray for our city we pray for our schools lord god we pray for our children that are out of state our loved ones and friends that are in other states lord god all over this country i pray for my friends over in africa lord god in south america and haiti lord God, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. If you got a loved one out of state or out of this country, just lift them up before the Lord. We loose your hand upon them, Father. Send your Holy Spirit. Bring revelation and comfort. We just set on guards around them, Lord God. We pray a hedge of protection over them. We pray labors into their harvest field, Father God. And we expect your hedge of protection upon your children, those that are engaged in battle, Lord God. We just pray your Holy Spirit, your divine deliverance, your divine protection, Lord God, according to your will and your purpose. We just release it now. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. And we love you in it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the glory and honor. Hallelujah. Well, if your faith has already been built, go ahead and put your hands together. Give God some praise this morning. Uh, turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, you got this. Uh, yeah, you got this. You are a winner, the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath, the first and not the last. Yes, you are the blessed of the Lord, the called of God, chosen for this time and generation. You are the sons of Issachar. You understand and discern the times that we're living in. You know what that makes you? That makes you so blessed beyond measure. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. Thank you, Noe, worship team. Can we tell the worship team how much we appreciate them this morning? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. We love you. We thank you. And we bless you. Brother Noe will be seeing family in Texas next week, so make sure you pray for his travel. 
Uh, dear brother Marty had surgery. Pray for a speedy recovery for Marty as well. Uh, this week, his is a little bit under the weather, but we just sang about that, right? Uh, I've already seen too much. God is a healer. He's a savior. He's a deliverer. He said that uh, lay hands upon the sick and they would recover. Amen. So we just released that covering, the re- recovering process. You know, the Bible says in some instances, Jesus, the centurion soldier, he said, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. So we just send the word of God to our brothers and sisters in Christ right now. And if you're going to send it, then you're, you must believe it. Amen. No one goes through vain repetition. We do what we do because we believe it. And we believe beyond what we see. That is the faith that we live in. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We don't go by how we feel. We don't go by what we see. We go by what we believe. Most people develop a belief system based upon their past experiences. And let me just tell you this. Your past experiences does not determine your future outcomes. Because the word of God is a changing factor in your ability to to engage with God's word, build your faith, declare things, stand on the promises of God because they are yes and amen to them that believe you can change your future no matter what it looked like in the past. Amen. So we just got to keep pressing. Don't stop, whether you feel like it or not. I, I know some people just, they, and I'm going to talk about that today, maybe preach about it a little bit, but uh, uh, sometimes we uh, sit in the seat of discouragement because of unmet expectation. Unmet expectation is the seedbed for discouragement. I want to talk about expectations today, and I want to talk about acceptance today, and um, we're going to hit some variables, and we're going to go to the Word of God and see what He says about it, because it's so important. As Christians, you know, I've been serving the Lord since 1985. My dear friend Pam is here this morning. So glad you're here with us today. Amen. Love you, Pam. She uh, was in Bible Bible college with me back back in the day, just a couple years ago, and. Uh, uh, <clears throat> She was, uh, she was telling uh, Harry and Winland, well, you want to tell me, you want to tell them what you told them? Okay, okay I'll tell them. <laughs> she said, I hate to put people on the spot like that, but she said, uh, she said, well, she, she found this place. She, she's, she lives in Troy, and uh, she said, I'll, I'll never forget. I'll just re- I just remember when I was going to uh, uh, World Harvest, and we be- joined at the same time when it was Word of Life Church before it was the bigger facility and turned to World Harvest Church. She said, I, I just remember you up on that pulpit using that vacuum sweeper and that vacuum cleaner, vacuuming that carpet and moving that podium around, and she just thought, oh, my goodness. What a, what a faithful servant up there. And let me just tell you something. She's been serving the Lord since 1985. I've been serving the Lord since 85. Some of you may have been serving the Lord longer than that. And, and if you're not sure, just look to some, I don't want to say old timers, but just look to some people that have stood some things and gone through some things. And yet we're still standing. We're still declaring and we can still call to remembrance the time God put something in our spirit. Amen. And just hold on to that. You're a fighter. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him you're a fighter. Yeah. The Bible says that the thief came not but to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes, he did come not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But what does that have to do with your victory? Amen. He's going to do what he does, right? And his children are going to do what they do. 
What's that have to do with us? We stand on the word of God. We're a kingdom uh, within a, uh, a kingdom. We're a, we're a nation within a nation. This is not our home. We don't operate by the principles of carnality and the world system. We operate by the principles of God. And we stand on that. And so know this, that God has given you the endurance to do so. And in, in saying that, know this, that God is not uh, a, a vending machine. You can't put 50 cents in the slot and get what you want when you want it. Uh, there is time and there's testing. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 3. I'm going to start there and see if I can get this out this morning, how the Lord would like it to get out. Acts, chapter 3. We'll start here. Um, and I just appreciate uh, Noe and the praise team this morning just kind of setting the stage and building our faith to where I'm, where I'm going this morning. And when we leave here today, you may have felt like a little kid delivering cheese to your brothers, but when we leave here, we're going to walk out of here as giant killers with the head of Goliath walking over to Jerusalem and telling the Jebusites, you're next. Amen? Come on. You're next. You're next. I will not be defeated. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things. Not some things, all things. And if it's just something right now, wait until it becomes all things and you'll see how good it can be. You're just in the something moment. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Just keep pressing. Um, So let's look at Acts chapter 3. And I want to talk about expectation and acceptance. Expectation and acceptance. I said this already. Unmet expectation is the breeding ground um, for um, depression or disappointment. Sometimes you get your expectation out there. Things don't go how you plan. What, what happens immediately? We just kind of get depressed or oppressed or disappointed and whatnot. But let me just say this. It ain't over yet. The story isn't finished. It, it, the, the doctor doesn't have the last say, right? Come on, somebody. Satan doesn't have the last say. What we see in the world doesn't have the last say. The word of God has the last say. I've already read it, and I've already set my expectation to it. And I've accepted that God's perfect will for my life doesn't always um, adjust to my expectation. Amen. Life is a journey figuring out God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but hold on. We're going to get there. So if uh, there's also an old saying, uh, uh, my pastor used to say that expectation is what? The breeding ground for miracles. And the Holy Spirit gave me something on top of that. If, if expectation is the breeding ground for miracles, then what is the breeding ground for expectation? Prayer. We pray to believe to receive. We pray to build our expectation for what we're praying for. And we build the expectation that can turn into the breeding grounds for your answered prayer. Right? Your breakthrough. Your miracle. Uh, One thing that we're lacking in the church today is prayer. And when I say prayer, I don't mean praying over your meals or throwing out some 10-cent prayers, expecting million-dollar results kind of thing. I'm talking about old-time revival prayer, like we used to do it, like like we were birthed in, the fire that we were birthed in, praying until we break through, going into the closet alone and not leaving until we're not alone anymore. We know we've touched the hand of God. We know we touched heaven. We know God heard us, and his peace reciprocated down back upon us, and we walked out of the closet with the glory cloud resting upon us and the weightiness of it so heavy that you can barely stand to walk, right? 
the breakthrough, praying through to breakthrough, travailing, push it on through because no matter how we get lax in our pursuit of God in prayer, the devil's not stopped. He's relentless. He, he has strategies. The Bible says that, that uh, the enemy uh, do not be do not be uh, weary uh, or surprised by the strategies of the devils, the wiles of the devil. So he's stra- constantly strategizing because he, he's, he's the worried one, right? Why is he strategizing against God, God's people? Why is he doing that? Why is he so busy trying to figure out how he can get you to stumble, get you to quit, turn this world upside down, and bring everybody under his control and his lies? Because he's worried, right? He's scared. He's, he read the book. He knows he can't beat God. He, he remembers the day. We read about it. We preach about it. But he actually remembers the day. It's imparted to him when he got cast out, when he got dethroned, when he lost his status with God. He hasn't forgotten that. What does that mean? He knows he can't beat God. So he's scared. The Bible says that in the latter days, he would come with great wrath. Why? Because he's scared. Why? Because he knows his time is short. Why are we fearful? Why are we afraid? What are we afraid of? What are we, what are we scared of? We know the outcomes. We win this thing. We cannot defeat it. Jesus already defeated our greatest enemy, death, hell, and the grave. He resurrected from the dead. Death cannot even defeat us. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death, nothing, no trial, anything that you might experience or go through. The scripture says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and a sound mind. So as the world goes rocking and reeling and trepidation everywhere and wars and rumors of wars and famine and and all the things that we see and hear about and sometimes experience on a personal level, uh, nonetheless, God has already guaranteed us the victory. So what do we do? We stand no matter what we see. We're going through to the other side. We're going to make it. We're not getting stopped halfway on the Sea of Gennesaret. We're going all the way to the other side where the demon-possessed are, and we're going to set the captives free. No storm can stop us. No waves can stop us. No trial can stop us. We're just going to keep on coming because Jesus is on our boat. Yeah. You know, sometimes the same thing that happened to, well, let me read the scripture, doggone it. <laughs> okay. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple on the hour of prayer. There you go. The hour of prayer being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Okay, so this is a guy that has a daily routine, and within the daily routine, he has set certain expectation, and he must have also received results from the expectation prior to that day because he did it daily. How often do you do the same thing over and over and over again, not receiving a result from your behavior or your action? This man knew that he, he had an expectation, right? That's what he says here. Seeing Peter and John, he asked them to give them alms when, when they went into the temple. Verse 4, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. 
And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. There you go. He got their attention. Uh, how many ever helped out a panhandler? You know, they are, they are very bold, very brave, and very intentional in getting your attention. Isn't that amazing? You would think somebody that has lack or little would be uh, more embarrassed or more humbled. No, uh, he, this guy, uh, I, I'm determined. I'm going to get mine. Yeah. A, a panhandle, I love him. I give him whatever I can when I can and if I got any, any money. But they, they're bold and they expect. Why? Because the same behavior has reaped the same results or they wouldn't continue it. And we also do that in the reverse. <laughs> Sometimes we keep re- re- reaping the same result from the same behavior, and we don't like the result, but yet we keep up the same behavior. But that, I'll get, I digress here. We're, we're moving on. They were, he was expecting to receive something from them, Peter. And uh, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, uh, but such as I do have, I give to thee. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now he received something right there that he was not expecting. You ever got something you weren't expecting? Life is filled with uh, things that we didn't expect to happen. And as Christians, it's very important how we process the unexpected. And we go through it daily. And you're going to experience it through all the way throughout life's journey. When Peter and them were crossing over the river and they were going, or over the, the, the lake of Genesaret, they were going to the other side because Jesus heard a man cutting himself in the tomb and he had a plan to set him free and release that whole city for the gospel of Christ. And so they got into the boat with with Jesus, and as they started out on their journey, the Bible says that a storm whipped up. Jesus was sleeping on the boat. He wasn't concerned. Uh, the others were fearful and afraid to the point to where they had to go and wake up Jesus. So what happened? They were surprised. They got something that they didn't expect. Jesus was on the boat. What's the deal with this storm? They got something that they didn't expect in their walk with journey, with Jesus, in their journey. Just because you're walking with Jesus doesn't mean there's not going to be some storms come to your life. That gospel is just false. Matter of fact, if you're walking with Jesus, you need to start expecting some storms. And then you won't have the, re- the, the reaction that, that Peter had as they were crossing to the other side. What was the reaction? They, were, they got afraid. Jesus didn't get afraid. He wasn't afraid, but they were afraid because something unexpected happened to them. And as Christians, that happens a lot to us. There are times when we're just going on through life and something unexpected happens to us. And how do we respond to that? It's very important. And people respond in different ways and different variables. Even believers do the same. And sometimes as a believer, if you are already built up in your faith, you're ready for the unexpected. You must be ready for it. This is not a defensive battle that we're fighting. We are on the offense. All the armor of God is all frontal. There's no defense. There's nothing on your backside. You got a shield. You got a sword. You got a helmet. You got shoes. You got a belt. You got everything on the front. Why, why would you put armor on the front if you were set to retreat? No, we are the children of God, clothed in battle array, equipped by God to move forward. 
into the unexpected, into I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm ready for it. You cannot live your life thinking that you're going to control all the outcomes. Because if you do that and you fail to prepare yourself for the unexpected, when the unexpected comes and you realize you can't control all the outcomes, then your reaction could be like Peter. Now you're afraid. Now we're scrambling to go find Jesus to get him up. No, when the unexpected comes, Jesus should be awake already in your heart. He's not sleeping in my heart. I've not put Jesus on dormant mode. Come on, he lives in you. The Bible says faith without works is dead. It's in you, but have you put it to sleep? You can't allow, you can't allow Jesus to go asleep in your, your, on your boat going throughout the journey, the journey of life. How do you do that? You, you, keep, it, you keep him awake. You, you, you keep yourself awake. You keep yourself aware. It is Christ in you both to will and to do after his good pleasure. But we put him on dormant and then we try to wake him up when the unexpected happens. And then we wonder why we're fearful and we wonder why we have to go and make some emergency measures or emergency preparation. And we're calling everybody on the phone and we're doing everything. We need everybody to pray for us. And we're just, we're just, we're overwhelmed. And don't get me wrong. Call everybody you can call. Do whatever you got to do. Do what you got to do to get the breakthrough. That's a thing, and it's a good thing. That's why we pray together. That's why we come to church, and that's why we worship, because the week can just beat you up. I'm coming here to get a breakthrough. I'm coming here to get my spirit released. I'm coming here to get that thing off of me. Get off of me. I'm, I'm going to clear the air here. I, I, I've been walking around with this cloud all week. It's got to go. But the point being this, we are not called to fight a defensive battle. We are clothed and armored to move forward. And when you move forward into battle, you've got to understand and accept the unacceptable or the accept uh, the unexpected could happen. And God has given us a spirit of wisdom. He's given us revelation so we can navigate through. We're navigating through this thing, but we're never retreating. Jesus is awake on our boat. Spirit of God is alive on the inside of us. When I run into trouble, I'm not running to Jesus to have him get me out. He's already there. All right, Captain, what's going on here? How do I do this? You see this. I didn't expect it. You knew it was going to happen. That means you must have the navigational uh, bearings to push me through it. Which way? That door closed. Where's the window? Yeah. Uh, they, did, they, didn't, they didn't do what I thought they would do. Now, how do I respond and how do I re- react? It's very important. Your response is very important. You know, sometimes as a parent and parenting children over the years, and all you parents know this, that sometimes as Christians, we, we would love to write the testimony of our children. <laughs> we would love to just make, you know, just, oh, this is going to go perfect. They're going to be great. They're going to be popular. They're going to be athletic. Uh, they're going to go to college. They're going to get scholarships. They're going to re- meet the right person. They're going to graduate. Uh, they're going to get married. They're going to have kids. They're going to live in the right neighborhood. They're going to give us grandbabies. Oh, it's just going to be wonderful. <laughs> Right? 
That's if you could lay out their life according to your expectation, right? And we do certain things expecting certain outcomes. And then sometimes we have a hard time processing, wait a minute, I did this, I did that, and I did this, because in doing all this, I was expecting that. And then all of a sudden, this, this, this didn't produce that. What do you do? How do you respond? How do you react? First thing, your response is, oh, Lord, I guess I'm not in control of what they do and what they say and how they behave. Well, maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm called to give them the best opportunity, but my expectation should not be based upon my preference expectation of them is based upon their journey, their decisions, their growth. They'll get it. Sometimes people just want to track that mountain one extra time, one more lap, one more time around. You had enough yet? Nope. (laughs) You had enough yet? Nope. You're in the pig pen. You had enough yet? Nope. You're laying in the water. You had enough yet? Nope. Uh, now you're eating the husk. You had enough in, You had enough yet? I think I've had enough. You know, maybe, maybe mom and dad and them weren't so wrong. Maybe they knew a thing or two. But as a, as a parent, you got to understand that all we can do is set out the Did You ever just think, why don't people learn from your mistakes? Better question is, why don't we learn from our mistakes? We want everyone else to learn from our mistakes when it took us making a mistake three times before we learn. But we set an expectation the first time they make the mistake, they're going to get it. Oh, how, how delusional sometimes, right? How naive we are. But if we live in that realm of thinking and expectation, you're going to suffer disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Then instead of standing straight up with your armor still polished and continuing to walk through and not allowing that storm, not allowing that blow up to change your disposition, change and your faith or your course, they're going to get it. They're going to make it. Why? Because you're praying, God, we're, we're trusting God in his word, but they're going to get through, right? Aren't you glad about that? So Peter and them, they were on the boat. They didn't, they didn't get, to get what they wanted. Mary and Martha, Lazarus, the brother, died. I've shared this story many times. You already know it. You probably preach it better than I could. But Lazarus died. They set a certain expectation. The expectation was they knew Jesus was a healer, and if he could get there before Lazarus died, then Lazarus would have been healed. But Jesus laid up for four days, and Lazarus died, and Mary and Martha lost all hope and expectation for their brother Lazarus. Because they put their expectation, they they made their expectation based upon their limited revelation of what God can do. So they knew Jesus was a healer. 
right? They knew Jesus could supply the needs. They, they knew him in a measure. They knew he was a good teacher. But their expectation was never set to the point to where Jesus could raise the dead. Right? So when life happened past what their faith level was, their expectation died with Lazarus. And doesn't that happen to us sometimes? Sometimes our expectation dies when life happens beyond the point of where and what and our knowledge of what Jesus can and cannot do. But we preach it, all things are possible, but that's past my expectation. Because I knew you up to this point, Jesus, but I didn't know you up to raising the dead point. But if you would have got here, and then when Jesus got there, he, they laid the blame on him. If you'd have been here, he'd have been healed. But now he's dead. What are you doing? He was your friend. They would try to make, make him feel bad. Not only is he dead, it's your fault. Because <laughs> you didn't make it on time. No, it was very intentional. Because Jesus wanted to show himself in a way that they'd never seen him before. He, he, he raised their expectation to the place where he wants to bring the whole church the possibility of the dead being raised. Right? So Jesus had to quickly change their theology. Do you believe that Lazarus can raise Again, from the dead. Oh, sure, we believe in the last days and the resurrection. Stop right there. The resurrection isn't just an event. I am the resurrection. All resurrection rests in me. You're, you're, you need, if you're going to set an expectation of the dead being raised into eternal life, you better look at me, because I'm it. There is no other. I am the door. I am it. They were fixed on a day in, in the latter days when all would be raised up in the last days, and wait, you're missing it. You're focused on an event. If you're, if you're focusing on an event, everybody can focus on the event. But it's not an event. It is me. He that believeth upon me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. For I am the resurrection, and I am the life. No grave can hold your body down. Why? Because of the last day's resurrection? No, that's not why. Because resurrection is in you. Jesus lives in you. The resurrection power of God lives in you. So when your ghost leaves this shell, oh, glory to God. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. This mortality will put on immortality. This corruption will put on incorruption. Why? Because Jesus said, look at me. I am the victory over death. I am the victory over hell. I am the victory over eternal condemnation. Look to me, glory to God. So he's raising their expectation and understanding of their greatest enemy 
and how they get to how they can defeat it. They weren't there yet. Why? Because Lazarus was dead. They didn't know Jesus was the resurrection. They may they may have thank it or thought it or thunk it, but he proved it. He raised him from the dead. So sometimes God will put you in a place you've never been before to show himself himself to you in a way you've never seen him before. Oh, hallelujah. And this sometimes comes on the heels of personal disappointment. Comes on the heels of personal discouragement. It comes on the heels of personal unmet expectation. Don't worry, he's dead, but he still got it. Don't... I know they're, they're backslidden. Don't worry. He still got it. I know it has moved past your ability to even believe that God could restore it. God can deliver them from drugs. God can restore their homes. God can open a door. Name your preference there. But Jesus like he stood before Mary and Martha, stands before you. Are you sure you know? Are you sure you know who I am, Mary and Martha? You sure you know who I am, huh? Jim, Jennifer, Abigail, Pam, Allison, Winland. Go through the names here, Jessica, <laughs> Tammy. Are we sure? He just. Are we sure? Are you sure you know who I am? Because the way you act and you don't know who I am. Peter, on the boat. Where's he at? Don't you care that we perish? Are you sure you know who I am? I, uh, I got some more work to do. <laughs> right? Some of this takes time. This is not a push button. This is not a McDonald's Happy Meal drive through quick response life. Nothing is instantaneous. This is a process. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, sometimes he says, you're, you're supposed to even love your enemy not expecting anything in return. Whoa. There's a time where you just need to position yourself. I don't expect anything out of this. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. But if we're doing it because we're expecting something, even if it's the right thing to do, maybe the motivation is a little bit crooked. Ooh, that's quiet. Right? I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. And bless God, this better be the expected end better happen. Bless the Lord. What if it don't? I'd rather do it because it's the right thing to do, not expecting anything. Than do it because it's the right thing to do and expecting the right result. And I get the right result, but yet. I still got a motivational air. David said, reveal unto me the hidden sins of my heart that I sin not against you. In life, it's just a journey. There's a little bit of sophistication in it, but it all pertains to the matter of the heart. Jesus is trying to get to the heart because the heart is the heart of the matter. In every situation, 
Why do we do what we do? Why did I behave that way? Why did I live that way? Why did I give that offering? Why did, why did I pray? Why did I do this? Oh, why? Well, I did all that because I expected this. All right, so let's break this down. And that's fine because we pray to believe to receive, right? Nothing wrong with that. That, that's an expression of faith. But a, here's a higher expression of faith. You want the highest expression of faith? The highest expression of faith says, I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe, I'm going I'm I'm to fast, I'm going to give, I'm going to behave right, and I'm doing all this because I expect this to happen. But if I don't get that, I accept that. And I will not stop this because I didn't get that. This is fidelity no matter what. I'm doing what I'm doing not to manipulate and expect it in to gain an advantage in my life personally for a better feeling or for, for a better outcome. Or, or No. Break it down, man. I'm serving God and doing the right thing because I love him, and I'm going to leave the results up to him, but I'm going to do it in faith, expecting, but if not, I accept it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, we're not bowing down. We're not going to sing your tune. We're going to do what we do. And what do they, they do? Well, Nebuchadnezzar got mad, or who was it, Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar, one of the crazy demon people. Got mad because he didn't get the worship that he wanted. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I'm not going to bow when you play your tune. I worship God. I worship him alone. Now, look what they said in that. You recant the story. You can uh, uh, recount, recount the story and read it later if you like. But they said, oh, king, we're, we're not going to bow and worship when the music plays. Well, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Now I'm threatening you. See, sometimes we, we change our tune when we come under threat. Satan knows this, right? I mean, I know people that have left God because they came under threat. There'll be a lot of that challenge in the last days. You either come into the system or you're done. Well, I'm done. But look what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. We're going to throw you in the furnace. Well, we're, we're not, I can't exactly remember how they were there, but we're not going to sit here and try to determine any outcome here, but this is one thing we do know. You can throw us in. He got mad. Turned it up seven times hotter, you remember. I mean, increased the threat. Not only is it going to be painful, it's going to be real painful. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it, you could have left it at level one. It's going to hurt. <laughs> We're going to throw you in the furnace. And he said, well, I can tell you what. And then, they, then the king said, well, then who's going to deliver you then? 
And they said, our God is more than able to meet any expectation that we have of him. Our God's more than able to deliver us. My God's more than able to deliver what I expect at the end of my praying, at the end of my fasting, at the end of my behavior, at the end of my giving. He's more than able to do all that. He, he can give me an expected end. My God is more than able to deliver us, O King. But if he doesn't, I accept it. In other words, I'm not changing my mind under threat. I know in whom I have believed. Come on, people of God. Isn't this who we're called to be? I know who I have believed in, and he is more than able to keep me against that day. But, O King, if he don't, if he don't snatch me out of there, I'm still not bowing. But I know he's able. <clears throat> my God's able to heal my body. But if he doesn't, He's still able, and he's still God. He's able to deliver, but if he doesn't, he's still able, he's still God. Nothing changes him based upon our unexpected outcomes. Our life grows richer. Our faith grows deeper. Our resolve gets stronger. We become more steadfast when we learn to live in Acceptance and fidelity no matter, no matter what. Because God still has it. See, Mary and Martha, they had a, they had a, they had a determination of, uh, or they, they had an expectation of Jesus, right? And when, when he died, they weren't, they weren't sitting in the seat of acceptance because when it happened, they had to blame somebody for it. Watch this. When Jesus come up, what if you would have been here? Now, they're, they're placing the blame when they didn't get what they wanted. Sometimes we do that. We don't get what we accepted, uh, uh, what we expected, but, but so how do we deal with that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Lord, surely when we told him it don't matter, you would have stepped in then. When they snatched him up and threw him in the fire, Jesus met them where they probably didn't expect him to meet them. We're outside of the fire. And we're declaring our God is able to deliver, but if he doesn't, we're not bowing. At what point would you have thought in your mind as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, at what point as you're walking closer to the fire, would you have made up in your mind, this is it, no deliverance today? Right? Jesus showed up and delivered them where they least expected it. Huh. Sometimes, you know, Jennifer and I, and she, she, she's very good at this over the years. I told her I wouldn't call her out today. I'm going to call her out. 
It's kind of funny because in our journey together, you know, you believe God for certain things. You need to believe God for this or house or you believe God for that or you leave this breakthrough or that or this or that. And you just believe God and you believe God and you believe God and you're waiting so long and you're waiting so long and you're waiting so long. And then she got to many times and she would say this, I just, I give up. I surrender it. And lo and behold, here come the deliverance. Ain't that right? Sometimes when you just let it go and say, I can't do anything about this. I'm done striving for it. I'm done trying to manipulate God's hand in it. I'm done trying to control it. I'm not talking about her right now. But it's all right. I'm talking about her right now. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul. <laughs> I'm just about finished here. So, when you get to that point and you just accept the outcome, even if it doesn't change and the outcome is what you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach. What about, what if the outcome is what you're looking at? Is it over then? No, Jesus would jump in there with you. He not, he's not afraid of the fire. Matter of fact, they had to heat it up seven times hotter because it had to be a certain temperature uh, for the complete, for, for it to be able to, to contain God. Seven times. What's, what's seven? The number of completion. The fire was not too hot, not too cold, Goldilocks. It was just right. Just right for what? Just right for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to get incinerated? Nope. Just hot enough for Jesus to walk in. <laughs> I got this. What's up, boys? <laughs> oh, this fire feel good. <laughs> Just the right temperature. <laughs> right? You getting anything out of this? I am. I'm preaching to myself. So, when you get to that point and you say, I can't do this anymore, and it's obvious. Because everything that I've done has not changed the outcome. Hands off. But we're afraid to take our hands off. Because at least with our hands on there, we feel like we're kind of controlling it and maintaining it. And oh, No one likes to feel like they're helpless. No one likes to just surrender all. Why? Because we're made in the image of God, man. And Jesus lives on the inside of us. I mean, understandable. You're the apex of his creation. It's very hard for you to lay down and say, I can't do nothing. Right? So it's okay 
Because you're made in the image of God, and in that image, you've got certain control, understanding, intellect, uh, energy, power, uh, control. So you got to do something. I mean, we build skyscrapers and high-rises and dams and bridges and buildings, electric cars, airplanes, dear Lord, and I can't get control of that Well, I'm going to keep trying. Sometimes God wants you to keep trying. Sometimes God, you just got to know when, hands on, hands off. Hands on, hands off. And that might be throughout the whole process. All right, hands on. All right, now that's it. Let me in there. Okay, hands off. Okay, I've done my little bit. Now I want you back in there. Hands on. Okay. All right, that's it enough. Hands off. Let me in there. I'm working it. I'm working it. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I, I see where it's at. Okay. It's progressing. All right, now jump back in there. Hands on. I'm going I'm to tell you what to say and tell you what to do. Then, okay, that's enough. Now your hands on is now doing damage. Hands off. What a balancing act. You say, well, I don't understand. Well, you ain't had a bunch of kids yet. <laughs> Isn't God good? Okay, so we press. I'm, I'm finishing. You know, the Bible does say that hope deferred does make the heart sick. Proverbs 13, 12. We wait, we wait, we wait. We press, we press, we have nothing, nothing, nothing. And we get just... Oh. Sick. But when you get there, that's, oh, Lord, help me say this. That's the time where your greatest advocate can step in. In my weakness. Your strength is perfected. I'm not ashamed of being weak. I'm not ashamed of saying I can't do it. I'm not ashamed of saying I, I, I got to let go. I'm not ashamed of saying I've done everything that I can do. The woman with the issue of blood. All those years, she had an issue. She spent all her money. She spent all her energy. She spent all of her time. She did everything that she could do to manipulate the healing. No, no foul, no harm, no foul, no condemnation. How I many of you do that, right? I got to get, we, we, we do that. And then she came to the end of herself and she was none the better. She was broke. She was still unclean, not welcome in society. Who knows her family dynamics? I could only just break that down for you, but it's all speculation, but I'm sure it wasn't good. And then finally she gave up. And she said, I know that if I can just get me out of the picture and bring him into the picture, if I can touch him, or if he can touch me in this situation, if I could, all my man-made 
knowledge, manipulation. What are you doing? You're trying to produce, you're trying to get your virtue back. She lost her virtue. She was bleeding it out every day. She's trying to be made whole. She lost her virtue. She lost her status. And I've got to do this and I got to do that. I got to do this. I want my status back. I want my virtue back. I want my respectability back. And she did all this to try to get her virtue back and was still unclean. And when she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible says she was made whole. And Jesus looked up and said, who touched me? Somebody touched me. How do you know somebody touched you? Because I felt virtue leave my body. She got her virtue back. But she couldn't get it back. Sometimes you just got to realize it no matter what you you do on your own trying to clean yourself up. You can't get your virtue back on your own, manipulating the process, manipulating the behavior. Sometimes you just get to say, I, I'm so sick of this. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm still bleeding. <laughs> oh, I heard about a man. And if I could just let this go, let, I'm giving up control of this. And I'm going to press through the crowd Unclean, ashamed, unworthy, not supposed to be there, and touched it. The hem of his garment and virtue was restored, and she was made healed. Again, this is a very difficult, I'm done. My expectation, I'll finish with this. My expectation is an anticipation of divine good. I wrote this down. My expectation is anticipation of divine good. But over here is your expectation an anticipation right here. Divine good is over here. There's a lot of journey in between. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit standing. Don't quit moving forward. Sometimes it takes a long time. You ever get to a point in your life, this is the last close. Uh, man, I I really this ain't this this ain't what I expected. I started out here in expectation of divine good way over here. This was 30 years ago, right? And we, 
And then we're, we're here. We think that we're at divine good, but we look out there and it doesn't look like anything you expected. Right? When you get to that divine good, when you can accept his divine good, regardless of what you expected, oh, what's the next 10 years going to look like? What's the next five years going to look like? Oh. And maybe what you had on schedule here is out here, but something had to die here so you could handle it here. What is that? It don't look like what I thought, but I'm good. I call that the sweet spot. It doesn't look like what I expected, but I'm good. Yeah. Come on, somebody, put your hands together if you love him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Let's stand to our feet. I want us to touch God. Maybe this morning you just need to touch that virtue. Maybe there's some things God's saying, okay, you've had your hands on it. Take your hands off of it. Let me have it for a minute. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're like... (laughs) Give it to me. No. But I want it. No. Trust me. Okay. I trust you. I hurt and I trust you. There ain't no better place to be in, my friend. When you're hurting and trusting Jesus at the same time. Father, I pray this morning, every person in this place under the sound of my voice, those that would be watching online, I know you're speaking to us all, Lord. You're speaking to me today. There's not one person that's there's exception here. I know it, Lord God. You put this on my heart. I didn't make this up. I didn't, I didn't get this from a book. It's 38 years of Christian living here, Lord. And I know you're true. And I know it's right. And I know you're faithful. So I pray, Lord God, every person, if you got to take hands off, I pray God give you the strength right now to trust him. And if it's time to step up, get hands on, I pray God give you the grace to move back in. But above all, this morning, God, I pray that we have expectation seasoned with acceptance producing fidelity of faith
that Satan is so afraid of. Hey, sing it, Noah. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your Talk to him right there. I said all I'm going to say. Now you talk to God. Altars open if you want to come up here or you stay in your seat. It's up to you. This is between you and God.